0: My friends, I don't know um, if many of you know this about me, but I love to read, uh, and I've loved to read uh, since I was a child. And the problem has been that I've never liked reading the Bible. Uh, and I remember thinking as a, as a child, I'm like, this is so boring. Like, who wants to read this? And, and then there was another book that I thought was boring, and to my great shame, I even said like, yeah, I can't read. It's like reading the Bible. It's so boring, right? i even, like, you, the Bible was my standard for boring book. Um, and uh, it's, um, I don't know, I'm in very good company with that, um, not to brag, but St. Augustine, when he was young, said the same thing. The great theologian, he's like, I couldn't read scripture. It was, it was too low, right? It was too, I'm a reading high theology. I can't read the Bible. It's, that's, like, you know, common people's stuff. Um, But part of the reason why we don't like reading the Bible is because we don't know how to read it If you don't know how to read the Bible, you're not going to like it Um, But once you do, once you get, like what's, the Bible's written by God Like, is there a better book? Who's your favorite author? Oh, my favorite author is like J.R.R. Tolkien or my favorite author is Evelyn Waugh No, my favorite author should be God, right? Because God wrote the Bible Um, and trying to um, really delve into everything that God says. Because in the Bible, there's different levels of what's going on. And today's parable of the Good Samaritan uh, is a perfect example of that. The first, so this context of the story, there's a scholar of the law who's trying, they're always trying to trip up Jesus. So he says, teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? And Jesus said, well... You're a scholar of the law. What do you have to do? He's like, well, love the Lord your God with all your heart, being strength and mind, and your neighbor as yourself. And Jesus is like, good, great job. Go do it, and you'll live, right? I kind of think of Jesus here being a little dismissive, um, like, okay, fine, do that, and you'll live. It'll be great, right? But no, and then the guy wants to justify himself. He wants to get one up on Jesus, so he says, well, who's my neighbor, right? Who, who is my neighbor? And The gist of the story is that your neighbor isn't someone who lives just in a certain proximity. Your neighbor isn't someone of a similar uh, race, uh, as the Jewish people wanted to separate themselves, particularly from the Samaritans. Your neighbor isn't the people who have similar political views or have similar interests. If you're a Sox fan, your neighbors aren't just the Red Sox, uh, other Red Sox fans. Like, no. The, the heart of the story is your neighbor is whoever is in need. Like, boom. End of the story. Let's stop speculating about it. If, you need, if someone is right there in need, they are my neighbor in that we share a similar humanity, and I need to help them. If I see someone who is in need... Someone who needs the love that I can give. Let's stop just trying to look for an answer somewhere else with someone else. No, it's my job. This is what we get from Moses saying in the book of Deuteronomy here uh, to the people. Uh, This command, it's not too mysterious or too remote for you. It's not somewhere else. No, rather it's very near to you. Already in your mouths and in your hearts. You only have to carry it out. Look, I know, and I'm sure we each do in our heart, we know those people that we could be a little bit more loving toward if we wanted to. Oh, well, who's my neighbor? Let me try to get a mathematical equation. No, no, no. But I know the person that I could show just a little bit more charity to. I know the person I could love just a little bit better today, right now. That's my neighbor. That's who it is. It's already on my mouth in my heart. It's not somewhere out there, so... The gist of the story is that the Samaritan doesn't live anywhere near the man who fell victim to robbers. Samaritan and he probably didn't agree on very much at all, but he was neighbor to the man. So that's like surface level, boom. But the scriptures, they're written by God, and so the levels are so much deeper. And what's called the allegorical reading of scripture, recognizing that there's a deeper meaning. To everything, everything in the Bible has a deeper meaning. And so in this parable of the Good Samaritan, when we look at some of the details, a man went down from Jerusalem to Jericho. Now again, Jerusalem, it's like it's where you want to be, right? And Jerusalem stands for heaven in scriptures. Jerusalem is heavenly Jerusalem, right? Jericho is the city of the world. And so, someone's going down from heaven to the worldly city. And that this is meant to symbolize humanity, uh, Adam and Eve, uh, but all of our humanity, because going down, being created in the mind of God, and then entering into the worldly city, what happens to Adam and Eve? They fall victim to robbers, the devil who beats them, this is our humanity. What happens to humanity? Humanity and human nature falls victim to robbers. And this robber, the devil, strips us of our dignity, strips us of that grace through the sin that we committed. And they beat him, because humanity now is weakened, our human nature is weak. Saint Paul says, why don't I do the good I want to do? And all of us have that experience, my will is weak. Why? Well, because I am weakened, because I've been beaten, and sin beats us up. And then they went off, leaving him half dead. Not all the way dead. See, this is one of the errors of some of the Protestant denominations, the doctrine of total depravity, that we are all the way dead. Human nature is totally destroyed. No, no. But it's half dead. Human nature is not too much to brag about all on its own. It's weak. It's been beaten. It's been stripped. A priest happened to be going by. Temple sacrifices. Can they help our humanity? Can sacrificing the blood of bulls and goats help us? No. A Levite, similarly of that priestly caste, but also the law. Can the law help us? Is the law going to fix my broken humanity? No. But a Samaritan traveler, now, the Samaritans were enemies of the Jews. The Samaritan would have been this guy's enemy. When we sinned, when humanity sinned, and all of our personal sins, we become enemies of God, in that we have offended God. We've separated ourselves from God. But God doesn't let that offense stop him. Rather, a Samaritan traveler came. The way that our Lord God, the Samar- who is the true good Samaritan? our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, who took upon himself our human nature. A Samaritan traveler came, and our God was moved with compassion, seeing us in such a state. And so what does he do? He approached the victim. He came to us. He poured oil and wine over his wounds. Oil and wine, these are two of the things we use in our sacraments. The wine that we use for the Holy Eucharist and the oil that we use in baptism and in confirmations and in the anointing of the sick. This here stands for that direct intervention by God. He poured oil and wine over his wounds and bandaged them. And then he took, lifted him up onto his own animal that in himself Christ took upon himself, as St. Paul tells us in that letter to the Colossians. He took upon himself Through him to reconcile all things, making peace through the blood of his cross. Christ took our broken humanity, our sins, upon his very self, upon his own animal, his own body, in his body, making uh, atonement for our sins, and took him to an inn. The inn here stands for the church. Because why? The Samaritan has to go as Christ, at his ascension, would turn to the Father. But he said to the innkeeper now, which are the apostles, stand for the apostles, gave them two silver coins. said, take care of him. And if you spend anything more than this, I'll repay you when I come back. Those two silver coins, I was reading the fathers of the church this morning, one says they stand for the sacraments. By the sacraments, we are taken care of in the church. And that broken humanity is continually um, cared for uh, in that way. Or it could stand for that command to love God and love neighbor. That these are it. Do this. In the church, the church teaching us and helping us to love God and to love our neighbor. But it's in the church then that we, are, we continue to be uh, brought back to health. Which of these was neighbor to the robber's victim? Jesus was. If we want to imitate the good Samaritan, who's the good Samaritan? Jesus Christ, our Lord and God. But he hasn't been a good Samaritan for someone else. He's been my good Samaritan. The Lord Jesus has been my good Samaritan. When I was broken, when I was beaten and stripped by these robbers, this robber of sin, he took my sins upon himself. He brought me here to the church, and the church has continued to care for me like the loving mother that she is. The Bible's not boring. If we know how to read it, if we read it with the depth, all of the depth that the Holy Spirit put in there, and this is just scratching the surface, it's very practical. Do this. You see someone in need, you help them, and it's very deep that we do it because Jesus first did it for us. May we have a great gratitude toward our good Samaritan, the Lord Jesus Christ, and ever encounter him in a deeper way in the scriptures, so we may always know his mercy and receive the tender, merciful love that he wants to show us.